Hello, welcome to In the Whisper podcast. I am here today with Tracy McPherson. We go to church together and Tracy does a plethora of things in the community and for the community. And I am so glad to have her here today. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you. Today, we are gonna talk about the Samaritan woman, another woman with no name, and another story with that's short but has an immense impact on so much of what happened in Jesus' day and what is happening in our world today, and I love how we can bring this all together. So we're going to start out talking about her and um, why she was at the well in the middle of the hot day. Typically, women would go to the well at night. Um, You know, I just have this vision of women coming together, you know, as a community, sharing stories, talking about their babies, talking about their mamas, and uh, coming to the well together, and she didn't want to be a part of that. So let's talk about why she might not want to be a part of that. Well, I would say that um, it was a cultural thing. She uh, had been probably alienated a little bit. Her uh, background was not probably like a lot of the ladies of that time. And uh, so with her, her, um, her history, uh, that she had had five different husbands, and of course that was a no-no. It's kind yes. of still looked upon negatively today if you have multiple. Five, five is a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. So we don't know her story, why there were five different ones, but um, it leads to understand why she would be going separate from everyone else so that she didn't have to deal with the you know, people pointing fingers and whispering and things like that. Yeah, and not fitting in. I often think about, you know, they probably all had, I mean, Mm -hmm. people are people. Humanity has probably been somewhat the same over the years, and I can just see them having their little groups of women and the people they share with, and she probably didn't have anyone that she felt connected to, and probably there was a little bit of shame involved um, with how she was feeling. So she's going in the heat of the day, and lo and behold, there is this man here. And um, she knew right away that he was um, a, a Jew. Mm-hmm. He, he was the enemy, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> and um, he, he asked her for a cup of water, and mm-hmm. that just blew her away mm-hmm. because they didn't, they didn't get together, do anything together. And mm-hmm. in fact, the Bible uses the word hatred mm-hmm. um, about their relationship between the, Samarit- the Samaritans and the Jewish folks. Mm-hmm. So... Um, she was quite quite surprised she didn't have it to herself and Jesus asked for a cup of water and she was shocked by that mm-hmm. you know I, th- I kind of think too that it was a, a divine appointment oh definitely I Be- agree we, and when you think about it like you know you were saying that um, he should not have been there right at that location they typically would find a way to avoid and go around the mm-hmm. Samaritan area yes and he didn't and um, you know it talks about uh, He's actually, um, if I can, yeah, absolutely. In, uh, uh, John four four it says, and he had to pass through Samaria, and um, so he came to the um, uh, to this parcel of ground that had this particular well, and um, he had been weary from his travel, and he sat there. And I just think about that, that he had to pass through. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jesus had to do anything unless it was intentional. Exactly. Well, the other thing is he intentionally sent his disciples away so that he could have this, uh, he could minister to her privately because they would not probably have shown Mm -hmm. the grace and kindness that he showed her. Which kind of 
uh, becomes more true later in the chapter when they return and yes. see him talking to her. Yes, and so. are surprised but keep their mouths shut. Yeah. <laughs> Even Peter. <laughs> He's my fave. I mind too because I think sometimes I am him in yeah. all of his impetuousness. Um, so he has asked her for water. She's questioned him. Why would you... A man of Jewish heritage want to drink from my cup. You mm-hmm. don't have your own vessel. So he has made it clear that he is willing to drink from her cup, mm-hmm. which divides. So, you know, we've already seen the gender barrier, you know, just the gentle mm-hmm. uh, breakdown of culture. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing a racial yeah. barrier being broken down because he's willing to drink from her cup. Mm-hmm. And um, that just wasn't heard of yeah. at that time. They, they despised each other. They had good reason to despise each other. They, you know, the the uh, Samaritans were a remnant of the Jewish nation, the Israelite nation, but um, they intermarried mm-hmm. with the Assyrians. They built their own temple without any instruction from God. So yeah. the um, it's it's not real <laughs> to the Jewish nation. And uh, there was a couple other things that uh, they they felt were different. Well, I think too that um, he would have been considered ceremonial un- right. unclean yes, if thank he you. would have drank mm-hmm. from that because mm-hmm. they were an unclean uh, race. Considered, yeah. And so that yeah that racial divide was quite quite large, and for him to try to break down that divide, um, the, the feminine um, issue, the gender issue, the unclean issue regarding. Right. Um, uh, be actually drinking from her and the fact that she was just Samaritan in general those things yes. all worked against him yes and he did it anyway and he did it on his own so um, I, I think that's I think it's amazing that you know, this one woman is out there he knew she was going to be there mm-hmm. like you said it was a divine appointment and he said everything right and now we're going to talk about the living water mm-hmm. and um, I love how he takes a physical component that we need to survive and introduces that and teaches it as a spiritual component in adding the word living. Mm -hmm. So the water that he's going to drink, he can give her the living water. Mm -hmm. And just the whole conversation, he had to know in advance because he knew just what she was going to ask and just what what he needed to say. And the importance of that and her understanding the living water and the the eternal the eternal ramifications of that. He is now giving her what they feel like the Jews think they only have mm-hmm. eternity and the Samaritans yeah. think maybe they're they only get it and sh- and later she'll ask a question about that. But um, he's giving that gift to her. Yeah. And I just think that's amazing. A woman who's probably not thought of well in her society. Yeah. And yet, yeah. he's sharing this with her. Mm-hmm. I, I think, that. you know, earlier today, my daughter and I were having a discussion. We were driving, and I can't remember now what she said, but I reminded her even that we aren't in any position to judge anyone. That <laughs> yeah. Only that judgment gets to come from above. And our responsibility, just as Jesus, is to just love everyone. It doesn't right. matter what their race is, their gender, their background, their wealth, any of that doesn't matter. We are just to love like Jesus loved and right. allow him to do, if there is a judgment ever to be made, for him to do that. And so I think it's um, clear that he focused not on just the human need, but on the spiritual need. And that's the part that is ultimate for all of us, is our spiritual 
needs. Yes, I, I love that. That he, yeah, that just breaking those barriers and touching hearts that she was not expecting that that day. Yeah. She wasn't expecting him to come and let alone do that. And I wanted to read this from John um, uh, chapter, well, chapter four that we're in, verse 10. Jesus answered her when she asked about how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So mm -hmm. he's introduced the living water here. And that's when she says, You don't have your own vessel. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to drink? And that he's showing his willingness to drink from her cup. And one of the other piece of the story that I love so much is they are at Jacob's well. Mm -hmm. Both the Samaritans and the Jews regard Jacob so highly. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like common ground. Yeah. It's ground that they can agree mm -hmm. that their ancestor was of great value yeah. to their heritage. And I love that all the world there is, they're on the one place that there's common ground for mm -hmm. these folks. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think um, I'd seen this um, post that I had seen earlier today, and it says, um, our human tendency is to judge others because of stereotypes, customs, mm. and prejudices. Jesus treats people as individuals, accepting them with love and compassion. Um, and so then there was a challenging question. Do you dismiss certain people as a lost cause, or do you see them as valuable in their own right, worthy of knowing about the gospel? And I think that's what our wow. responsibility is, is to see people in their own light and know that everyone is worthy of mm -hmm. the gospel. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm a huge football fan. I am not a big Ben Roethlisberger fan. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the things in his past I have been very um, judgy over. Mm. And, and I have to tell myself all the time, you know what? God loves him, same as he loves me. It doesn't matter who it is. Mm -hmm. God sees every every one of us as individuals exactly the same, and he loves us all beyond anything that we can imagine. Mm -hmm. So always a good lesson. Ben Roethlisberger is my big <laughs> example. <laughs> if, I can, if I can get over that, then I think I can do anything. Um, so Jesus goes on to say, as they're talking about um, the well, and Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water, meaning the water from the well of mm -hmm. Jacob, will be thirsty again. Mm -hmm. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty mm -hmm. again. The water that I will give him, or them in some versions, will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water again. So she believes him, mm -hmm. although there may be a little sarcasm there. <laughs> yeah, give me this water. But she does, you know, and I'm sure she's thinking, good, I don't have to come to this well when all the women are here or in the heat of the day. It's all over. Yeah. And he can tell that she's not understanding exactly what he's saying. So he says to her, go get your husband and bring him. And she said, well, I don't have a husband. I have no husband. And he said, you were right in saying that. But he knew not only that she was living with a man, but she had five husbands before that, which we talked a little bit earlier about how mm, that is a lot of husbands. And so he, tell, you know, he said, you did speak the truth. And he gives her credit for that because mm -hmm. she could have just said, 
you know, anything that wouldn't have, um, she could have said, well, my husband's dead or mm-hmm. whatever, one of any of her first five husbands were, but she yeah. did say I didn't have a husband and he knew the full truth about that. So she knew he was a prophet mm-hmm. and she goes on to, she has a question that she has asked about him because they, they argue about where, where they should be worshiping God. Mm-hmm. The Jews do it in the temple, and they do it on Mount Gerizk. Yeah. Is that how you say that? And um, she wants to know where they should be worshiping. And so, again, Jesus is breaking down that barrier and saying, it isn't the temple. It isn't the mountain. Mm-hmm. God just wants people who know and believe the truth. Mm-hmm. That's the people that he wants worshiping him mm-hmm. wherever, mm-hmm. which is kind of where we are today and so the temple was a huge big deal Mm -hmm. and for him to say that Mm -hmm. to a Samaritan woman had to be pretty big in her wherever her mind was Um, you know she was a woman who didn't have high morals probably wasn't highly regarded and he's sharing this with her Mm -hmm. and that is just an amazing gift he's given mm-hmm. her. Just believe the truth. That's yeah. all I'm asking yeah. is to believe the truth. I think it brings it down to a level that anybody is able to have. Yes. That, and I think sometimes people think I have to be good enough before I can go worship Jesus or I can have a relationship. And that's not, he wants to meet you right exactly where you are. Right. And that's the part that um, is really difficult for some people to grasp. It just doesn't seem, that doesn't seem possible. There has to, I have to be good enough first. Right. And so when we break that down, she's an example of someone who, if you look at moral standings, she probably wasn't good enough in quotations, but, um, but to Jesus that didn't matter because he wanted to love the person. Right. And this brings us to last week we talked about Rahab. I talked about Rahab with uh, Heather Starnes. And she, too, had a background that was not the best. Mm -hmm. Um, She wasn't highly thought of in in her community. But her work for the spies, her belief in who God was, and I tend to think from reading it, and I really tried to dive in, I think she was already starting to have a conversion um, before they got there. They knew this was coming. Mm -hmm. And when they came to her, I think that she, Maybe she felt that was a sign or something that mm-hmm. this really is the God, yeah. the one and only God. And um, her past was pretty much like this woman's, maybe even worse. But um, she's in what I call the Hall of Faith. You know, the Jews revered what she did for mm-hmm. them. Because of her, yeah. they were able to take Jericho. Yeah. So there is no... Mm-hmm. the yesterday doesn't matter once we give our lives to Christ it's just moving forward Mm -hmm. and we have to do a little bit of that every day Mm -hmm. and um, I just think that he's showing that in this example and I'd love to know when she went back you know she she didn't even take her vessel with her she went all the way in the heat of the day to get Mm -hmm. the water and she was so excited Mm -hmm. about what Jesus tells her that she moves, she goes that quickly. I I see her just running as fast as she can to tell people, I have met the Messiah. Mm-hmm. He told her, I, yeah. I am the one you speak of when she was talking about the Messiah. Yeah. And she didn't even hesitate. And that made a whole new group of people follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. So she's an evangelist, <laughs> even though she wasn't, as, before she met Jesus, was not a woman of high character. Yeah. 
I don't know what happened to her after that. Mm -hmm. I have to think that him knowing about her five husbands and that she was living with a man, maybe she rethought that. Maybe they got married. Maybe she Mm -hmm. moved out. I don't know. Maybe she couldn't. Mm -hmm. But I have to think for her to run back and tell people that, she had to be touched by it. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to um, three points here. When we evangelize, um, when we bring people to Jesus, we have... We talk about what that means to get into eternity. And um, there are three things that um, we have to do when when we evangelize. We have to accept the gift of eternity, that it is a gift, mm-hmm. that we can't earn it. Mm-hmm. And she did that here. We have to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. She knew him. She met him. He was willing to drink from her cup. Mm-hmm. And... She believed him. The third thing is believing in him as Jesus or as the Messiah. And she did that Mm -hmm. so much that she just ran back. Mm -hmm. So I love that the little, you know, the thing that we do, well, this is what you have to do to get eternal life. Mm -hmm. And she did those three things unknowingly, Mm -hmm. but she did them when Mm -hmm. she met Jesus. And I love that part of the story and how that's woven in so quietly, but it's still there. (laughs) We've ta- every time we, we have this podcast, we talk about the woman that um, that we studied this week, this week, the Samaritan woman, and we talk about her characteristics and why we would call her our friend. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly some of her characteristics um, were not good. She uh, halfway lied to Jesus. She led a life, led a life that was um, morally, she made morally poor choices. But she does have some good characteristics and things that I look for in a friend. Mm -hmm. So I see in her, she was, her faith was very, was right there. I mean, Mm -hmm. she believed him when he said that. And not all the Jewish folks Mm -hmm. believed him when he said who he was. And he hadn't told a lot of people yet, but he told this woman, which Mm -hmm. I think is another way that he's gently breaking down those barriers that women faced during that culture. Um in the respect that he showed her when he was uh, speaking with her. He was very respectful, very kind um, in how he he spoke to her. But she believed in him, so I think she had a faithfulness. I love that how quickly she believed it, and she couldn't wait to tell her friends Mm -hmm. and the community what just happened. Mm -hmm. And I think there had to be a profound change in her for mm-hmm. her to be that excited that she didn't take the stinking water she went to get in the middle of the day and it was hot. So getting back there that quickly. So I think I would be her friend and I, and I know you are this way too, probably even more so than I am, you know, for her to be where she was with the different men, there had to be part a part of her that was deeply hurt at mm-hmm. some time. And so just loving on her and telling her, you know what, it is okay. And now we move forward and you know Jesus and anything can change from mm-hmm. here. So I think that's why she'd be my friend. How about you? Well, I think, um, you know, she's, when she first gets out there, she's kind of cautious. Who's this man at the well? And I know he's not somebody I know. And so therefore he's a stranger. So I think she was cautious, mm-hmm. but yet bold. Yes. So like she that. allowed her boldness to override any caution by interacting with him to start with, by mm-hmm responding to his him, his inquiry and then telling him and asking him things yeah and um so I think that took some boldness and I I appreciate that in someone that they're bold and 
but yet that she recognized um, he had something to offer that she didn't have, and she was willing to accept what he had to offer. And mm -hmm. I think that takes boldness to accept mm -hmm. something that you're not sure about, but yet it sure sounds like the right thing. She knew there was going to be a Messiah someday. I mean, that right. was understood. They believed it But for it too. him to be, that was, that was interesting. So she recognized him quickly, um, and she recognized, therefore, that this is what she wanted. She wanted this new relationship. And I think that's the caveat with this as in one of the stories with Jesus, that um, in that culture, it was still a very patriarchal culture. Mm -hmm. Yes. But yet there are very, there's several times in the, in the Bible where it talks about the women yes. that, you know, he, he talked to women first when he was raised from the dead. He talked to her. Mm -hmm. He, you know, there were, very, there were several times that women were the focal point. And so I think that that shows the equality that Jesus intended to start um, having occur in society. Right. And even Mary, yeah. um, Lazarus's sister, Mary, yeah. um, you know, they weren't at the, in that time, women weren't, they didn't study the mm -hmm. Torah. They heard about it. Mm -hmm. They heard fringes of it, but they didn't study it. Mm -hmm. And when Mary was at his feet mm -hmm. and Martha was hovering around doing yeah. things, Mary was Listening. He, yes, she <laughs> was studying and, and just drinking in everything mm -hmm. he was saying. And culturally, mm -hmm. what she was doing wasn't correct. Mm -hmm. And Martha pointed that out. And we all often, and we talked about this when we had Mary and Martha, we often, you know, rebuke Martha because she should have known. But she was doing what was culturally correct. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus lets her know it's okay. Mm -hmm. And then later when Lazarus died, and Martha shouldn't have left the funeral. She ran out as soon as she saw him. Mm -hmm. So she got it yeah. that he was more important than all the mm -hmm. doing. And and sometimes we forget that piece yeah. of the story. Yeah. But he did. I just think he's just gently breaking these barriers down. And you mm -hmm. see it in, you know, even Paul in his letters um, mentions certain women and what mm -hmm. they're doing. Mm -hmm. And um, culturally... You don't see that a lot, but mm -hmm. there's there's things here and there yeah. that um, fit what what he was trying to do. So uh, he, I just think that you know all of these women and when we get, I hope when we get to heaven, we're going to get to see the whole story, like mm -hmm. the the stories behind the stories, because yeah. this is all these stories are so interesting, mm -hmm. and we only get to see a little mm -hmm. glimpse. And you know, I, I like to think that her life was changed and that she became a different person because of this time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, she certainly accepted, and her question was so good. Where is the right place to worship? Yeah. You're a prophet. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. You know, let's see what he says, because he's, yeah. I'll bet he says the temple. And he, <laughs> he said, neither. Yeah. So um, I think she'd be my friend. I, yeah. I just have this, you know, this vision in heaven that we, you know, God just has all these movies starring the people that were actually in them and <laughs> the real facts and not <laughs> so that we can see what really happened or we won't care. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> so, well, I want to thank you for taking, I know how busy you are, and for you to take time out of your day is, I so appreciate that. But I have one last question for you. I ask everybody this at the end. What are you reading right now besides the Bible <laughs> that is um, changing your life, that has had a profound impact on you? Well, right now I'm actually reading a book called The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, I haven't heard of that. It's by Vander Kolk, and um, it's, 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 a, it's more relevant to my work. Um, but it talks about how people that have been traumatized, 
um, any kind of traumatic experience that are suffering from PTSD, how they feel it in mm -hmm. different parts of their body. Uh -huh. It's not just, you know, people think PTSD, it's all in the mind, but it's not. You can you can physically feel it in so many different parts of the body, and so it's, it's a connection of the head and the body. And um, so it's been really interesting, and I'm only partway through at this point, but um, it's definitely for my work, but it's, it's um, enlightening, very enlightening. Jenny Allen has a book out right now called Get Out of Your Head, and um, she, I think it is um, a little bit of that too. She gets into some, I think it's Get Out of Your Head, um, talking about some of the neurological things mm -hmm. and how God made our brains, mm -hmm. and that we do have um, physical um, reactions mm -hmm. to things in our mental capacity for yeah. lack of a better word mm -hmm. and so I think we're starting to find that out and accept it and I'm glad mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of mental illness out there that we've just shoved under the carpet for so long mm -hmm. and I think people are finally getting the help that they deserve and they need mm -hmm. and as Christians that we're accepting that that's okay yeah. you know it's okay to to heal the to use doctors to heal the physical body and it's okay mm -hmm. to use doctors to heal our mental mm -hmm. part of our body too and yeah. I love that so yeah. it sounds way over my head but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not it's actually a pretty easy read so well that's good well again thank you next week is the last of our six-week Bible study we're going to look at Abigail and um Abigail, and I think we talked about uh, in the second week of the Bible study, we talked about the wise woman who has no name. She's one of my favorites. I've, I've loved every one of these women and, and you know, diving in and learning about them and unpacking all their um, pieces, but I love her. She was so bold and so strong in the face of destruction, and so Abigail is a little bit like her, and mm -hmm. it's a little different kind of destruction that's going on but definitely um, she's facing some things too so we will be ending our study next week with her and uh, I'm excited about that and Tina McPherson is going to be my guest oh. next week oh. as we talk about Abigail so thank you again have a wonderful night we appreciate you spending time with us at in the whisper podcast and we'll see you next week <laughs>